You're the guy that uh, is kind of responsible for the whole this whole thing. You showed me podcasting. I showed you podcasting. In I came home from work. 2011. At a shitty job. A shitty retail clothing store job. And never in my life have I sat in a room with friends and not spoken a word and listened to other people talk. <laughs> it was a new concept. Oh, it was so foreign. I mean, that had to be like 13 or 14, 2014 maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, yeah, because I graduated in 13. So in 14, I came home and you had Rogan on. And you, me, and Shervy were just hanging out in Shervy's room for like two hours. <laughs> the initial Graham Hancock series. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. There was a few of them out by then. Yeah, man. The Graham Hancock ones are awesome. But that's really been like the inspiration, you know? Is just to start just to start doing it, you know. Now's the time to start doing something. Yeah. You'll never get another another opportunity like this where um the world doesn't expect you to necessarily be, you know, on solid ground employment wise mm-hmm. um your grandfather didn't have it his generation never had that chance your father's generation never had this chance this is a this is a once in a generation opportunity multi-generation yeah where you, know? you can like you know work on a, a hustle or a side dream uh somewhat guilt-free i'd say oh a hundred percent yeah and not only guilt it's it's that plus the internet now we have tools to actually make those things happen. It's not like we had to like go find a studio to rent out and do all this extra shit. You know, I just threw up the computer, added the mic and some headphones, and we're rocking and rolling. So it's like the combination of the downtime plus having the tools to actually do these type of things. Like for even you as a musician, like if you wanted to record a track, Back in the day, you'd have to go find a studio, rent out time. Oh, we do did. the whole. Yeah, you had to do I've the whole thing. I've been in bands for like forever. You yeah, know, back in the day, we saved up in high school and went mm-hmm. out to Youngstown and spent like a whole three days in a row there trying to get as many songs as you could for your money. Yeah, yeah. And nowadays, like I just put a demo out a month and a half, two months ago. Mm-hmm. Just made it all in my apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw it up online. Played drums on it, too. Beat the shit out of drums in my apartment. Electronic drums. Hey, man. If it works, it works. It I think it works. No, that's awesome, dude. And it's, it's called Dog Years, by the way. Yeah, check it out. If anybody wants to check it out. Where are you at? You on SoundCloud and stuff? Oh, uh, I don't know if I'm on SoundCloud. I'm on Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, Google. Nice. Yeah, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. All the stuff people are on. For sure. Well, there's so many different platforms now, too. Right. You know? Especially when it comes to the audio space. You know, with video, there's really just a couple. Like, if you're looking for, like, full-fledged TV shows and movies, you got your Hulus and Netflix and stuff. And you got YouTube for your other things. But when it comes to audio, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, I don't know what you would do if you were filming a pilot. You would have to really work your ass off to try to break through to a certain streaming service or something, I think. If you were filming yeah. a pilot and uh, you made it yourself with some friends or some people, you know, team members or whatever, I don't know how you would distribute that. With music, it's easy and it's like over flooded because of that reason. Like, mm-hmm. any everybody's got a demo on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy. I remember it was a big deal to make the demo. Now it's like, oh, it's nothing. Yeah, 
Yeah. Which doesn't mean there's necessarily uh, higher caliber stuff coming out. You know? No, the quantity is definitely up, but that doesn't mean the quality's up. But it does make, I think, when things actually do break through, it makes it even more special. Because it had to fight through so much other bullshit to get there. Yeah. You know. And uh, today's music, in a, in a, for better or worse, I love a lot of new... I've been listening to a lot of new stuff. But for better or worse, it's less based on chemistry between people. And it's much more based on, like, all right, what can you and your psyche do mm -hmm. alone in a studio? Oh, for sure, because... If you and me make a track, like, we're probably not together. Like, yeah. you're going to email it to me, and I'm going to email yeah. it back to you. Project and like, file, Dropbox. Yeah, you're not, you're not in the room together and bouncing ideas and letting it evolve. You know, it's just more of like, all right, well, this is what I got, and this is what I got. Throw it together. Yeah. You know? There are ways to do that, though, and still be, like, feeding off each other. Mm -hmm. um, the band Rush, they were doing that decades before anybody was emailing stuff back and forth you know they've been doing it since like the 90s they're just sending files back and forth yeah yeah hmm. i don't know if they're doing like act someone was driving them or mailing them or what <laughs> but they've yeah they used to what a job they wrote albums in the 90s without seeing each other dude that's crazy but it would take a long time because they're just sending scraps back and forth right and the cream rises to the top yeah damn but yeah, it can work. Ahead of their time. Well, if there's a will, there's a way, you know. If I you want to get the job done, yeah, you got to yeah. figure it out. And they're also really smart people. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, they've definitely stood the test of time. Yeah. Um, they, uh, they've always been on the edge of, like, what's new and stuff like that. But anyways, I could talk about Rush all day. What, uh, what new music are you listening to? A lot of Drake. Oh, yeah? And I love Lil Durk. You got the Drake bug. <laughs> but I found Lil Durk before he did the thing with Drake. Okay. I was on Lil Durk, like, uh, Just Cause Y'all Waited, number okay. two. That's my album. Okay. I love that album. I'm not hip. It, it's odd that, that we're having this conversation, because five years ago, it was the polar opposite. I and I couldn't tell you a lot of newer... I, I don't really listen to a lot of newer rap. I know? mean, everything's just random access. Everything's linear. It's on the same ball field now so i'll listen to i had a period during the winter where i was just listening to nothing but like old norma jean albums that i'd never heard which is just absolute in your face screaming <laughs> metal craziness you know and i went down like some bands of that genre for a while and now mm -hmm. i'm listening to a bunch of drake albums that i'd never heard yeah so like i'm just embracing the internet well Spotify. yeah embrace the diversity i mean you don't have to listen to one type of music it's better to have an eclectic taste, and especially for you as a creative in that space. It's good that you have influences from all over. You know, you can have people that scream their faces off to, you know, Drake sing about getting ditched or whatever. You know? <laughs> it's like, a, it's good to have a wide spectrum because then you as a creative can t take bits and pieces from the different genres and make it your own. Yeah. And that's how things evolve, you know? Yeah. And when you hear something, you think, oh, wow, that's a really good idea. I've never heard anything like this. It's the same feeling, whether it's rap. Oh, yeah. Or if it's a bunch of sweaty white guys with guitars. <laughs> I mean, it's the same feeling. That's what that's how I feel about, uh, like, a good rap bar. Yeah. Like, a really good bar. 
Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, a clever line. Yeah, just a clever line. You're yeah. like, oh, damn. Yeah, it's it feels good to listen to something where people, you know, were working and they didn't settle for an easy, stupid line. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah, just some generic. Just That's like, why I like him. Oh, I mean, well, now too, like he has such a huge discography. I mean, he has so many albums and mixtapes and features. Like, I mean, shit, dude, he really started taking off when we were like going into college. So it's been a minute. Oh, I know. I'm late to the party. <laughs> I like that, though. Where When I was growing up, when I first started really getting into music, it's about having the song as soon as it came out and having it first and showing it to people and stuff. But now, like, I like when things come out, I like for it to be out. And then I check it out later when all the hype's down. Mm. And just, like, hear it for what it is, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't feel like that rush to consume music or movies or anything like that in a rush anymore no no i i've embraced shuffle on spotify which has led me some weird roads <laughs> it all started with needing like a way to um you ever seen uh the social network of course yeah. you talk about being wired in when they're coding mm-hmm. well i needed music to help with like being wired in while i was editing because mm-hmm. i'm just every day i have with free time now i'm usually have something on my list that needs to be edited and it takes a few hours so i just like to have headphones in so that you know like big ones like these so i the outside world's blocked out and it's music and just like three and four hour stretches at a time of just head down editing yeah get in the zone and having something to show for it after that and music really helps with that because it just makes time um I don't know, it's harder to guess Disappear. how long it's been. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you don't have a sense of time. You're like, oh, I've been here for like 15 minutes. That that kind of goes away. Yeah. Once you get in the rhythm of the music and then and really into what you're doing too. Yeah, and part of me is like almost, I'm almost 30 and I still like to, I, I still want to know what people are really attracted to musically. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, every 10 years it kind of shifts, mm-hmm. you know? But... As things change, man, it'll be interesting to see how that art changes, you know, because the shit you were making in 2015 ain't going to be what people are going to want to listen to in 2025, dude. No, but it is fun to find things that last. Find things that last, especially right now, finding something that could bring people together. Because yeah. music is one of those rare things. It don't matter what your political affiliation is, what your religion is. Like, you have that song, bro. Everyone's singing it. Yeah. You know? You have something that's catchy and has some rhythm and, you know, a nice little message behind it. I mean, those things take on. Yeah, I think um, one album I've been listening to recently that really, like, sounds like it was made yesterday is uh, Kendrick Lamar, It's a Pimp a Butterfly. Oh, yeah. Classic. When Yeah, when I listen to that, I still like, listen this to sounds that. like it was made in 2020. Oh, yeah. Like, everything he's talking about. Oh, it's insane, dude. Yeah. I, I Talking about a, one of the neural artists I'll listen artist i'll listen to from hip-hop is definitely kendrick yeah. every album of his even his older mixtape uh section uh section 80 i mean it's it's like a full-fledged album mm-hmm. he's so talented and I, I like um to kind of make the comparison like drake puts out so much shit kendrick's like the opposite he's like bro i'm gonna take a couple years yeah he's like sit on this album you know <laughs> and when that when it comes out it's going to smack, and it has that longevity. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't have to keep doing a ton of remixes 
and putting out a bunch of albums and stuff because his stuff like you said i mean the album he put out to pimp a butterfly probably came out in like 15 or 16 and years later yeah and it's not necessarily following a lot of the like the rhyme scheme trends Mm -hmm. of the time well that's important for longevity yeah you know yeah like there's Drake does good with that though, because he does that on remixes and like other people's shit, but then on his own shit, it's his own. Yeah. His own art. So he kind of rides both waves, where Kendrick's like, I'm doing me. You yeah. Know? When you listen to his, it, it's challenging. Like, it challenges mm-hmm. your brain. You've never heard anything. You're not sure. You've never heard anything like it. You're not sure if you even like it. And But that second or third time through, you're like, oh shit, this is like. Because it's, it's really good like lyrical rhyme schemes aren't supposed to be digested the first or second time exactly you know so like like i started listening to old uh wheezy mixtapes because mm-hmm. on the have you ever heard of datpiff it's a mixtape uh it was a website now it's an app so you can just kind of like netflix or youtube or whatever you can just save everything in the app so i put all those old, old mixtapes on there it's been like going through them again and i'm like man like 10 15 years later i'm listening to these and there's bars that i do not recollect at all and like you start understanding different lyrics like the different meanings they could have now now that like i've lived some more life but had time away from the music so now like coming back to it you're like oh my god like this is so good (laughs) like years later you're still picking up nuances and that's the beauty and really good hip-hop and rap yeah uh it's fun to to listen to music I, I will say that I'm less picky about what I listen to at this age than I was Same. 10 years ago. But I'm listening more. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not Less is getting by me without being noticed. You're actually digesting. Yeah. Instead of just hearing it. Yeah, I, I feel like I my brain demands more yeah. satisfaction, bang for the buck. Yeah, man. Even though we don't really pay for it. Isn't that weird? It's weird that people pay for Spotify 10 bucks a month, but they won't pay for like Facebook 10 bucks a month. And how different... Like the platforms would be if everyone just paid a couple bucks a month instead of them selling your data. <laughs> yeah, but that's the whole machine. It's a lot more right. lucrative to sell that data than it is to pay, have everybody pay twenty bucks. Probably right. in the long run, make as much money. Oh, a hundred percent. I'm so off. Facebook's so against it. It's been eleven years since I've been signed on. I'm done. Hmm. It's probably been something like that for me too. For Facebook. Pretty soon, I'm gonna have to do business-related stuff on Facebook, but. I'm not yeah. going to have my hand on it very much. I feel like I would make a Twitter for the, for the podcast before making a Facebook. You know? That's I don't know, though. I don't want to fucking deal with it, Twitter if I could be honest. BS. Instagram's nice because I can just open it up, and all I see is, like, one post. And if I want to engage in scrolling, I can, but I don't. I don't get sucked into it like Facebook would do. Because on Facebook, you see all the different statuses and all these different posts. When you open up Instagram, it's like one thing. You can check your messages. You got to post. It's just like... It's easier to keep Instagram at a distance. Yeah. 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 Where Facebook and Facebook will suck you in, man. And it's just so negative now. Because my girlfriend has a Facebook and like she'll show me things sometimes. And I'm like, I don't even want to engage. You know, I don't. I don't even care to expel energy and like mental exertion on that yeah you know if it's not happening in my front yard i'm probably not worried about it 
We that's wanna... a really selfish thing to say, but no, you it's have not. To that's a hundred gate, which you're gonna let right. affect your brain. Affect your brain, man. Yeah. It's gonna like you're gonna let someone on the computer fuck up your whole day. Yeah. That you don't even know. That doesn't even know you. No, I have a list of shit I want to do every day. Yeah. And it doesn't include Look, worrying dog. about something on the other side of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to talk about it, I would I would love to have you sit right there and we can sit down for three hours and let's let's go. Yeah. You know, let's talk about it. But let's do that in person. Yeah. Or let's at least hop on the phone. But it's really odd. I've I've had this theory for a while, like, what if we made text messages before phone calls and we like they're called letters <laughs> <laughs> fair point so it's they like just took forever and that's the thing it's like it's weird that we did like letters then phone calls and then we like reverted back to texting it's such a terrible way to communicate yeah it's, it's just so like the interpersonal aspect of it is like eliminated and I could send you something and like the way I wanted it to be interpreted is not the way it's interpreted because you read it differently, you know? Oh yeah. And it's just like such a terrible way to communicate, especially now with like video calling and phone calls. Like why would you revert back to text messages? Well, I think our generation and the generation before us, we grew up with the boogeyman. We grew Mm -hmm. up with, you know, the type of news cycle where they sell violence and murder. I don't know about you, but growing up in a specific area, of Northeast Ohio, you know, they sell murder on the news every night. Of course. To keep your Plus ass, the news. Keep <laughs> your ass glued. Well, we, you grow up with the boogeyman, an ever-expanding world. People are more aware of, like, how weird strangers are. You know, your grandparents talk about in the 40s and 50s. Things weren't like that. Yes, they were. Johnny down the street, right. who was a creep, was still a creep. You just didn't know about it. You didn't it. know about it because there yes. wasn't that, that, like, interconnected communication. Yeah. You know? So the ever creeping in existential fear has led people to distance themselves more from the average person. And oh, I think that's what text messaging is. It's like we went mm. from phone call to text messaging, you know, because it was more personal in the 90s growing up, late 90s, early 2000s. You leave the, you the message up. on the answering machine. Are they home? No. <laughs> okay. Well, call me back. <laughs> yeah, you know? tell them to call me back. It's, uh, it was so much more personal. And then, you know. Um, I think the worst of humanity is sort of was broadcasted as these two generations came through and decided what the, you know, new, not decided, but, you know, were sort of setting the trend for what where the, the narrative was going. Yeah, what communication yeah. was going to be day to day. And uh, I think it comes back to that fear. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, think about like when I see my grandparents, they're like, you have your phone. But like when they left their house growing up, there was never like, do you have your phone? Like, do you have a way to communicate with us? It's like, yeah, get home before the sun comes down. Because you didn't know, like you said, who the creep was down the block. Like, you knew in the general facility where you live, but you didn't see the world past that. We weren't all talking to each other and back then. And, and, and it wasn't, there wasn't this image of the world being broadcasted and curated for mm-hmm. you. That was specifically designed to make you think like, holy crap, there's... The world's ending. There's danger around every corner. (laughs) For sure, man. I mean, look, you... You know, terrible things can happen to you inside your house, outside your house. If it's your day, it's your day, you know? But I don't think our brains were designed to handle all this. You know, we were designed to handle ourselves and then... You know, your family, loved ones, friends, 
and then we evolved into t- caring about your town and then it was your state and then your country and then it's the world and it's like deciding how these narratives should be presented is such a dangerous thing because when you like when you have an idea of how things should look and then you present it to the world it's taken so many different ways and then the, the way that's taken is taken by so many other ways because people start communicating about it then and things just take on a life of their own and it becomes too much. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you have to dial it back and just be like, I'm going to talk to my mom, <laughs> see how my buddies are doing. But like, I'm going to put down the news for a couple of days. I'm going to put down the social media and just like readjust, you know, and just realize that like, you're all right. You know, you're all right. You can go outside. You know, I had a friend tell me he hasn't left his house since March. Yeah, I know people like that. And I was like, bro, like, you're going to freak out in the winter. I was freaking out around March. Yeah. How'd you uh, handle it in March? Well, I got really sick in March and may or may not have had COVID. Yeah. I had a temperature of 103 and horrible sore throat. I couldn't stop eating popsicles, but I had no cough. Well, that's happened. And Becca never got anything, but we used separate separate bathrooms. Mm -hmm. And I I missed a whole week of work. I was completely sick. Got back to work, and one of the IT guys said he had the very same thing. Mm -hmm. Nobody else at work was sick. So I I was pretty much like, holy shit, I got it. And that was when (laughs) the media was like exploding with, this is going to kill everybody. (laughs) It wasn't really here yet. It was just starting in Washington. Yeah. Yeah, and so I thought I had it. Might have. I might have, but you yeah. know what? Um, I, for a while there, I, I got too freaked out, and um, and then I had to reel it back, and I reeled it too far back where I didn't care enough. Yeah. And now I'm at a happy medium. I think a lot of people have, have did that. Yeah. Because um, it's such an overcorrection, and then you adjust by overcorrecting the other way, and then you kind of yeah. find yourself at a happier medium. Yeah. Now I'm like I like right now we're not wearing masks. I know that you're not going to a lot of places. Me? Minimum no. contact, mm-hmm. and um, I have contact with one or two people at work. I work in a studio, so yeah, pretty minimal. Um, but to speak on to what you were saying about like, oh, we're not designed to handle, you know, the world, the world and all its problems and all the people in it. I think uh, absolutely that's got to be the case. And I, the way I see it is like um, we're like trying to be a hive species. The, right. the ghost in the machine, the soul inside the body. The soul wants to be the hive species, but the machine's like, I can't handle that. <laughs> the brain will just ex- give give away to anxiety mm-hmm. and uh, fear and just general hatred for other people. And you can only handle worrying about so many lives. <laughs> for sure, dude. And that sounds selfish, too. But I think that a lot of people are freaking out because they're inside their ghost, their soul is telling them, you know, we, we should be acting like this. Mm-hmm. We should be behaving like this in, in a certain set of uh, rules or parameters so that we can accomplish X or whatever it is as a species. But I just don't think we're built to be like, all right, there's 7 billion of us. Let's all make a decision <laughs> and move together at once on it. It's just not going to work. I mean, just even us as a country at 320 million, Yeah. you know, I, just getting that to happen. I mean, you, you see how things are just so polarized right now and how they keep trying to split us up. Yeah, and, and you know, and oh, I'm going to sound like a lunatic. 
it I sound like a lunatic are, all the time. There are Brad's powers, fine. not powers. I'm not. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, mm-hmm. really, at all. But if it wasn't for the news cycle and the the stuff that they know gathers views on the internet and social media, they could really stop a lot of divisiveness. But people 100%. are profiting mm-hmm. off of keeping you glued to screens and that, keeping you on teams. Yeah, and the side effect is all different kinds of things. But one of the side effects is divisiveness because when people get fired up at certain things that are put on well they want to fight for their team yeah because my team's right and your team's wrong and we're going to win and you're going to lose it's not real it's not real no if you were to lock two opposite (laughs) people in a room i don't think they're going to kill each other i think eventually they're going to find commonalities because that's how life works you you just deal with the situation and look you become friends we all this is what we all want we want food shelter love we want companionship. We yeah. want friends. And we, we need community. Past that, things are just opinions and their accumulation of your life experience. And that's why you have your opinion on it on that particular subject in that way at that particular time. But the vast majority of people, we just want to live a good, healthy life. And we want to be with our loved ones. We want to, you know, make a good life for ourselves. And we get so caught up in this tribalistic bullshit that the news cycle just perpetually pushes on us to try to keep us divided, you know? I don't think it's just a news cycle, though. I feel tribal, it, tribalistic. I feel tribalism in my own blood sometimes. For for the the, it's in all of us. Things, yeah, right? it's in all of us, man. If someone new comes in at work... Uh, that's a weird situation, From one bro. room to another. I mean, the smallest thing, I'm just like, ugh, new guy, outsider <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm an no, asshole, that, but no, I that feel happens it. everywhere. And I feel it. Oh, I yeah. recognize it. I I I kind of laugh at it. I'm like, wow. My instant reaction is like, oh, he's from that department. Or yeah, from, from somewhere there. else. He's, he's not, not one of us. One of us. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's wired in. Oh, it's wired into yeah, us. Yeah, and it has very little to do with anything anybody's ever told me. For sure. But yeah. you, as we grow, self awareness is critical, and the fact that you can. Like, the fact that you noticed that you were doing that and you can point it out says a lot. That's all you can do. And then the next time a new guy comes in, maybe you're just a little bit more, you're not so, like, hesitant on it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the way you kind of keep moving the needle forward. But this whole, like, I'm going to scream in your face and you're going to scream in my face and I'm on this team and you're on that team and fuck you and fuck you. And it's like, we're not getting anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't going anywhere that's going to get us to a place where we can all live together. Because at the end of the day, man, we live in the greatest experiment. America is the greatest experiment. You look at China, they do everything a certain way. You go to India, they do everything a certain way. In America, you got cultures and religion, all these different groups coming here to try to live together. So we're going to have some spats. You know, we're going to have some hissy fits. It's going to happen. But... Just don't push it to the point of physical violence, you know? And before it even gets to that point, let's maybe just sit down and hear people out. Because I don't think anyone's all the way wrong and anyone's all the way right, you know? It's not very... This is a weird pun to use. It's not black and white. It's a very gray thing, you know? There's things on the right, you know, politically, things on the right that you could look at and go, yeah, I agree with that. And there's things that you're going to disagree with. And the same thing on the left. That's okay. Like, it's okay to not subscribe to this team. And it's like, you know, 
if Trump wins, then our world is done. And if he loses, our world's done. Like, no, the things are going to continue. Things will continue to move on regardless of what happens, you know? It's just more about building a place that you actually want to live in and not being so consumed with quote-unquote canceling someone because they disagree with you. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, if you don't agree with me, shut up. I feel like people don't, this is an experiment, like you said, right? America's it's the greatest experiment. experiment, man. But to me, it's not, oh, will it work? It's no, how long will it last? Because, For sure. <laughs> because even Rome fell. Oh, it's all, yeah. This, Everything this comes to an end. 200 years old. Yeah. It was a 200-year-old kingdom. That's nothing compared to societies where they didn't even have toilet paper, hardly. Right. Like, they just, like, Rome had problems that we solved a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if I continue down that road, I'll be talking out of my ass. I'm going to stop. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, like, the, the that's what I always think about. Like, this is a 200-some-year-old king, uh, kingdom. Like, this thing is not on... It's we're not even on standard ground yet. Like the legs are not solid. No. And uh, I. And it's not going to be like that for a long time either. It's yeah. gonna. I, that's what I'm saying. It's the greatest experiment. It's not something where it's like we're gonna get to this place and it's just gonna be okay. Like when you mix all these different heritages and cultures and getting all these people to live in the same plot of land, things will escalate at some point. And we've had to figure out our differences, but it's just important to hear people out instead of trying to cancel them or dis- dismiss them, you know? Yeah, right now the country does not have a war to get everybody kind of like geared around. It's like a war on ourselves almost, you well, know? The, yeah, like, you know, when there wasn't a war, they had the war on, you know, War poverty. on drugs. War, war on, on poverty, yeah. war on weight or, you know, war like, on, yeah. like fat children. Yeah, that didn't work out so well. Yeah, like they have, they declare war on things. Um, it's like an old George Carlin bit. Yeah. Declare war on something. We got we're fighting amongst ourselves too much. Well, that's what it's come to now, man. I mean, we were, we really are fighting against ourselves. And I'm gonna say this: I feel like I don't know who to vote for. I don't know if I'm even gonna vote. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too political, but I am a little worried that um, Biden's a paid man, mm-hmm. and that. Him getting in there would be like Hillary getting in there, which would be like maybe war in the next five to ten years. Right. That worries me a little bit because well, yeah, he's, he's up there rubbing shoulders with all the people who, right. uh, you know, hit the button on drone strikes and shit like that. Well, that's my big, my big spiel is when people are so pro-Biden or so pro-Trump, we act like they're, they're on these polar opposite sides. But at the end of the day, they're really not. I don't think that you know? they get to uh, make the biggest decisions on, in the country. I think that he did. Trump is detrimental to like people getting along, right? Because he's just refuses to like be humble. bring people together. Yeah, he refuses to apologize or be humble about anything. That definitely sows discourse. But in a grand scheme of things, I think that you know, like. Uh, some of the actions that our country takes against other countries or foreign policy, that's not necessarily dictated by the president. I think mm-hmm. that there are other people who don't have to be voted in every four years. Yeah, it's military-industrial complex. It's you could say Eisen- that. It's what Eisenhower <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, warned you us about because those people aren't elected into those positions. And then 
you know, it gets to the point at the tippy top where it's just going to be a, a small select few. Oh, oh my like, god. I'm that guy. Oh my god, you're that guy. Oh, I think you're my first person to have their phone go off. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I turned it off. It's okay. Uh, it's all now. good, bro. Um, it's just spam. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's just like to try to devise or divide them into like super left, super the both of these people that are gonna run for president right now wanna keep the war machine going, wanna keep factory farming going. Um the things that really sh like shape our culture and shape our our country, we don't really discuss. We always talk about marijuana, we always talk about abortion. We talk about these are important issues. I'm not saying they're not important and they don't have huge effects in society. But it's like we focus on these like second to third tier issues and we don't look at it from the top down. I don't think either one of these people are what we really need in this country right now. We need someone to come in and heal and bring us together. Someone to look at this like a public health issue and not a political issue. COVID-19 should not be handled as a political issue. It's a public health issue. But everything is politicized. But everything's politicized. And when you look at other countries that like in China that had a huge problem with it, they're pretty much back to normal. Like, if a country with way more, um, with a much higher population can figure it out, why can't we? It's not that we can't figure it out. We just make everything into a tribalistic political shit show. Instead of just looking at it like, hey, this is a disease. <laughs> or it's a, it's a virus. So what can we do to prevent the spread? What can we do to help people, you know, boost their health? There's, there's none of that talk. You know, when you see news segments and stuff, they don't dive into how to make your immune system better. You know, easy exercise for people that are on that work and parent schedule. You know, how do you find that extra like 20 minutes to get a little cardio in or something like those are the type of things that should really be discussed. But we're just so focused on like wear a mask, don't wear a mask like, you know, this is this isn't. Uh, Amer you know, this is America. This is my right not to wear a mask. It's like, no, this is about your community, about your neighbors. Like, you have nothing to lose from wearing a mask, man. I think you have a right <laughs> to be an asshole, but we you should right be allowed to, be to call you one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. I'm all for freedom, man. I'm all for freedom. It's just, like, freedom, but also, like, care about your community. Community. Care about your neighbors. Like... It's not all about you. This is there's a bigger picture than your singularity viewpoint. You know, I think that it's very possible we'll have a, a a big second wave of this shit when it gets cold out and everybody starts getting locked inside. Oh, for sure. And America will be the cesspool that the rest of the world is like looking at, going, "Wow, you guys couldn't get your shit together. Mm -hmm. You had a whole summer. Yeah, a whole summer, and you couldn't get your shit together. And now we have to worry about who's flying in and out. And there's a potential second wave for the world. Yeah. Because you guys in Louisiana and Southern Ohio. Florida. Florida. Well, yeah. Florida they never just opened up, up everything bro. again. Yeah. 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 There's going to be old people dropping left and right. There is. It doesn't look good. <laughs> there already is in Florida. I've been down there. Yeah. In, you know, um, Fort Myers Beach, you, you sit there at night in a hotel room and you just hear ambulances going up and down the strip on the island. That's crazy. And that's not pandemic time. That's just regular Florida. Yeah. Because <laughs> people are so old there. Well, yeah, that's where all the old people in America yeah. go. 
Yeah. That's like the destination for old people when you go I to know. retire. That's like heaven's doorstep. That in Cali, man, it's just like, it's crazy to see what's happened to California this year with the wildfires and... Um, My sister's out there right now. Where? Uh, Central Coast. San Diego, around there. Like on the outskirts of the cities, I'm hoping? I don't know. She's sending me pictures. <laughs> You cannot pay me to go into one of those major cities right now. Yeah. A San Diego, a San Fran, a L.A., you know. I'm so happy we don't live in a major city. No, this whole thing has um, completely changed how I'm approaching the next 10 years of my life. I think that's happened for everyone. Yeah. You know, I think for a lot of people, it was a huge wake-up call, you know. It's actually really beneficial for my business. Not my personal business, but mm-hmm. the field that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, e-commerce has just exploded. Oh, people, yeah. People order everything online now. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Amazon, I mean, Amazon has, has become so much more profitable. Yeah. Since the pandemic hit because everyone, no one wants to leave. Grocery stores doing home deliveries. Like, everything's, like, minimal interaction as possible. Yeah, and everything being on, bought online now means... Um, you know, everything has to be represented digitally, which means, you know, artwork, photography. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the the pandemic just accelerated automation, just accelerated how everything was already going digital. And, you know, the, the, the significant, like, uh, decrease or how everything's kind of getting automated. So, like, you're going to go up to a drive-thru and not even talk to someone and then your food will just like be right there when you go to the next window, you know, mm-hmm. shit like that. Like all the automation stuff is just going to accelerate even faster now, which will unfortunately even put more people out of work. But you got to adapt to the technological age, you know, and start learning, you know, Photoshop or Adobe Premiere, you know, start going into editing photos and video or whatever. Yeah. And that actually kind of takes us back into the first thing we were talking about today which is now is the time to learn things that are tailored towards the new world mm-hmm. you know now is the time to sit at home and put yourself through school i'm learning more nowadays than i ever did in college for oh yeah a hundred percent i've been through like three degrees at home yeah <laughs> yeah it's crazy could you can do that now i mean you could sit at home and learn a new skill Learn a new craft. It's not like this out there concept that you have to, you know, get all these resources for and stuff. You know, if you have the the time and, and the resources, go for it. It's been great. Like even doing stuff like this, just learning different audio and video things. And, you know, we we're talking about before we got on air, just like taking it to the next level, adding some extra cameras and Editing program, yeah, some lights and stuff, you know. Stopped using my Hue lights. (laughs) Yeah, no, you need a real light. Yeah, I need a real light, but like these things will come with time. But it's like, at the same time, I I wasn't like I have to get all this shit before I could start. No, like turn on the turn on the mic, put some extra Hue lights in here. Like, you got to start somewhere. The audio is where it's at. The audio is the most important. Yeah, the audio is most important for something like this. And I definitely want to get two mics instead of doing the one Yeti. Um, But again, like those things will come come with time. But it's most important to start doing. Yeah, I mean, because it's easy to get stuck in the planning, you know. 
I want to that's do this. Whole, I want to do this. That's my whole thing in life is everybody talks about what they're going to do. Well, Let's you do know, it. nobody cares about something you didn't do. Yeah. No. Or that you want to do or yeah. you thought about them. Yeah, I want to do a lot of things. I want to fly a hot air balloon. <laughs> I want to save the world and be a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not what I did today or yesterday. Right. You know? And that's not what you're really planning to do either. Also, there's a lot of power. You know, people like to think people like to think of following their dreams as like this they treat it like everything else in their life, like it's this painful um, sort of thing that they have to try not to procrastinate. Mm-hmm. Like it's work. Mm-hmm. It is work. But following your dreams, you should know it works. If you put in incremental amount of time on a consec like a consistent basis. You know, it's easy to get fired up about something and go, I have a whole day free. I'm going to, I've always wanted to do this for a living. I'm going to start a business today. Yeah. You can't just start a business in one day, you know? Um, But if you can, if you're just smart enough and honest enough with yourself to break down a list of, here are six, seven steps that I can take that are going to set me up to then build a website and start a business. And you just work off your little list, you know? You can, today is what, the 29th of September? You can say, December 1st is coming, whether I like it or not. I'm going to blink, and December 1st is going to be here, okay? I say that very assuredly because I was 20 yesterday, but now I'm almost 30. (laughs) Time moves whether you want it to or not. It's the only commodity that's really important. So you could either be disappointed with yourself on December 1st, or you could look back and go, wow, I got what I got done. Or what will probably happen, since we're not used to setting goals and meeting them, is on December 1st, you'll be like, I got way more done than I thought I was going to by now. Mm-hmm. And that's the feeling. That's the good feeling. That's the feeling you want to live with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, you're almost so, you're so into it that you don't even notice how far ahead you got. Yeah. It's not like you got to where you're supposed to be at December 1st on your list, and then you're like, all right, well, I'm good till December 1st. Like, yeah. if you really have a passion. never pa- look like that. Yeah, if you really have a passion for it, then it's it's not a chore, you know? It, it is and it isn't. I consider a lot of the things that I do right now that are, you know, steps towards bettering my future and building a life for myself, I consider them to be kind of work, especially when I have, like, four different things on a docket for the day. But it's all, it's a labor of love. And if you can find something that's a labor of love that you're excited about the final result, then you've probably got it. Thing, yeah you know quote unquote i don't believe in the whole like do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life well you must not be doing it very well <laughs> because it's it's hard work doing anything yeah singing a song even if you're a great singer and you wrote a great song singing it into a microphone and that recording executing and, it the yeah. way you want it it's still work it's all work yeah. yeah it's still work and it's not as easy as sitting on the couch and eating twinkies mm-hmm. so anything above sitting on the couch and eating <laughs> twinkies is still gonna t- require a little bit of all right, going to do this today, going to do that today. Boom, sure. here we go. You know, um, I want everybody I know, everybody I'm around, anybody I that's in my immediate circle in my life, I want them to be excited about what they get up and do every day because I am, and I, I want everybody to feel like this. Um, it's a beautiful thing to to chase down exactly what you want and to, to finally be old enough to, I'm not saying that I'm old, but to finally be, you know, a little past adolescence and be able to handle a disappointment, be able to handle a failure and actually take it and learn something. Mm-hmm. That's so hard. It's not, you're not just like emotionally wrecked from it. Yeah. You're actually learning. Because you're not identifying your 
self with the failure. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of doing a lot of shit all the time and constantly making stuff and constantly having lists every day. Is like you're like, oh, this one didn't work, but you know, two other things I did today did. And why didn't this work? Well, okay, that becomes a new item for tomorrow based on the um, recommendations I'm giving myself on the failure today. Mm -hmm. um, whatever this is, whatever this system is, it's it, it can be represented in. The cliche quotes you see at stupid books in, inside <laughs> or of... Or memes. <laughs> yeah, like Teddy Roosevelt said this about yeah. failure and success. Yeah. You know? And it's like all any of these quotes, they're all real. They all yeah. apply. But they're so it's so easy to ignore cliche. But I find that the biggest truths are in the real short... To the point. Yeah. yeah one just, sentence cliches. Yeah. That's all it's got to be. We... We make things harder than they have to be sometimes, you know? Yeah. I, I just want everybody around me to feel like I do, and I think it's only because I'm going through a very prosperous time right now. Well, we're in a great space, you know? When you, I was thinking about this the other day, like being 29, about to be 30. You're, you're in the same space. It's like we're past the puberty. We're past, like, kind of like we were talking about, like the getting past the emotional side of things and learning from our failures because – because if you're trying to succeed in every anything, you're going to fail. Like, failure is the path to success. Yeah. You have to fail, and you're going to keep failing. But it's not like you're, like, devastated because something didn't work out in your favor. Yeah, that's a childish reaction. We have, like, the emotional intelligence now that we can acknowledge those things and make ourselves better. But we're not, like, old and burnt out, you know? Yeah. We're in a great sweet spot. No, you have energy and mm -hmm. you're smart enough to navigate being attached to something or not. You know, when I was younger and I would make something, let's let's say it was music because it always was. Mm -hmm. I would get something I liked like one out of 20 recordings. Each recording took eight hours. So when something didn't work, I identified with being a failure. like mm -hmm. Because I didn't have this history of making things. Mm -hmm. Now at 30, it's like I make something, I'm not married to it. Mm -hmm. And if anything, it's the opposite. If I make something and it, it's the opposite of failure, if it's a great success, I'm kind of like, that fell out of the sky. Like, I feel like I just was a facilitator and there it is. And it's, and, and then either it looks great or it sounds great or whatever it is. Um, you realize like, it's not me that failed. It was just a wrong turn in a specific creative headspace. Yeah. The yeah. idea just didn't end up being what you thought it was going to be. It didn't come out the way you thought it was going to. And sometimes that's for the better. For sure. For Photoshop I was edits, just going to say that. I've had that a lot where I'm like, I did not want to do this, but this is way better than yeah. what I had planned. Sometimes your expectations on things and when they don't go the way you want them to is actually the best thing that ends up happening. Yeah. You know? I love, like, making a mistake and then just following that down and it becomes a totally different project. And that little mistake was like a window into a much more interesting thing that you probably wouldn't have been able to just envision on your own. Yeah. Um, well, that's I, how our world's made, man. You know, I mean, think about cars and airplanes and all that stuff. I mean, someone had to go through and, you know, maybe they made a mistake on making this part of it. And then it actually ended up helping the whole thing come together better, you know. Yeah. It's like you have to dibble and dabble and try things out and see what works and see what doesn't. It's all a process. It's all a journey. And it's important to really like when you when you were talking about um like following your dreams, 
it's not like this destiny. Like you get to the dream, and now it's good. It's the journey. Like the journey's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You just want to <laughs> be the guy who's consecutively executing because if you can, I say this: hate on yourself. I say be guilty. Don't be. Don't identify with failure. But if you can trick yourself into hating yourself when you don't follow your lists if you make you know yeah like i said before discipline be the guy who makes the list yeah if you can trick yourself into being like i'm so ashamed of myself i had two days off work and i didn't do shit with my life a hundred percent yeah because no one else is going to do that when it comes to stuff that you want to have happen you know no one's going to go make your dream come Yeah, no one's going to sit point. here and do podcasts for me. Yeah. You know I, what I'm saying? I've made the decision I do not want to work for other people in this lifetime. I want to work for myself, and I know it's a long, hard road. So you're like you said, it's not the destination. It's just being satisfied with, at the end of the day, you look at that list and everything's scratched out. And, you, and whether or not how many successes or failures came from the list, Everything's scratched out. Yeah. And tomorrow you make the new list based on the results from today. Yeah. And it's like military. It's like it's like Joe Diaz. Like, <laughs> get up. Wash your balls. Yeah. And go fuck the day, you know? Yeah. But you have to. You have to attack like that. And, uh, you know, our generation is probably in the best position to be our own bosses and be our own employers, you know? And for stuff that you do, whether it's music or graphic design, I mean, the, um, photography, I mean, there's... So many different outlets that you could do and little jobs you could pick up here and there. Um, and with the internet, the way you can distribute everything as well. I mean, it's just, I don't know if our generation and the and the folks coming uh, after us really acknowledge that. You know, like I, I have some like cousins and fr- like friends of friends and family friends and stuff that have like thousands of people on their social medias and they don't do anything with it. I said, you have an audience. Mm-hmm. Like, why aren't you, like, connecting with brands? Like, if you're into fitness, like, find a protein powder that wants to sponsor you or something. Like, there's so many ways for us to get money and have income come in without us going to this job for 40 or 50 hours a week. And, like, like you said, our, our greatest commodity is time. And we give that up for what we think is security. But at the end of the day, look, when the pandemic hit, a lot of people lost that whole my job was my security because they lost their job. You yeah. know, I was playing the safe route by keeping my job. And I didn't, you know, even though I didn't want to work there anymore, I still did it because I felt like I had to because it was the safe route to go. But the reality is there is no safe route to go. And when you die and you see the movie of your life play in front of you, I don't know if you're going to sit back and be so happy that you quote unquote played it safe. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think when I watch my movie back, and, you know, I think of, like, all the love I've experienced f- between family and friends and, like, taking on passions and learning new things and, like, having that open mind, open that third eye to be critical of myself to just keep evolving and keep pushing. But if you don't have that, you play, like, this safe role, life just becomes so menial and, like, tedious. And it feels like you're just, like, going through it. I and can't do it. For sure. And it's great that, like that you've been self-aware enough to acknowledge that and not just like crush your your creativity and your soul and your spirit by being like, well, this is what I got to do. Like, I got to work. I got to just keep doing this job. Like you, you have broken out of that and been like, no, like I'll figure it out. 
And that's one thing I love about you. You're like, I'll figure it out. Like you, you rather figure it out than, than like quote unquote, play it safe. And I really hope more people kind of take on that attitude because there's some people I think that are kind of designed for jobs, you know, people that are fine and they are satisfied waking up and doing some job and like, that's cool with them. But I think there's a lot of people, a vast majority of people that work these type of jobs and they are fucking miserable. I think mo- most people are, um, yeah. I'm also, I just want to state for the record, I'm really lucky that um, I'm able to just work part-time and then spend the other half of the week doing my thing. But it's the priorities of it, man. Yeah, I've prioritized you know? that over my Because job. There's, there's people that will spend 50, 60 hours at a job to get a paycheck to buy shit to show off to other people that they don't even like. Yeah. What a shitty way to live. You know, i rather live without nice shit and be fulfilled in what I do on the day-to-day instead of trying to, like, keep up with the Joneses, you know? That's such an unhealthy mindset. Yeah. And I... You know how many people buy shit to impress people that they don't like? A lot. It's it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy how many people do that. They spend... They give all that commodity of time so they can accumulate money so they can buy things to, quote-unquote, impress other people. But they don't do anything. They I didn't make it. That's you know? actually the old model. And the new model is people putting things on credit and then they, then they have to go to work. Yeah, that's a good point. Because they put things on credit to keep up with other people. Oh, dude. When I worked in retail. Or to like, keep their spouse happy. When uh, tax season came around, there'd be people coming in putting shit on their credit cards. Like, yeah, I'm not sure what my refund's going to be, but like it's coming. So I'm like, why are you spending it before it even gets here? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Wait till you see what Although, it is, Elise. Every time <laughs> my refund comes around, I know exactly where that's going. Like it's usually. But for gear. you too, it's not like you're getting something to impress someone. Like you're getting something to enhance your artistry, or enhance, you know. It's usually the pain in the ass purchase, like a big right, lens. like a big purchase. But it's yeah. something that's just like something that's gonna bump up quality of everything I do. Right. But I don't want to pay for that because it's like a thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, last year was a big old lens. And uh, love it. Making money with it. (laughs) (laughs) But also what I love about you is that you're not tied to materialism. Like if shit really hit the fan and you were in a crunch, (laughs) you would just sell it. Yeah. Like, and I love that about you is like so many people are just so attached to these materialistic items. It's like, bro, fucking flip it. And if you really need it down the road. That's my insurance. Yeah, when things get better again, then you just go buy it again. But Uh, like. I've been there. You don't need to be tied to these things, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's why I keep an extra guitar around. You never know when you need a quick 1500 <laughs> bucks. You know? I, don't get me wrong. I love my guitar. But I have one that I love, and it's beat up, and it ain't worth nothing. Mm-hmm. But it's American-made glory. It's like 20 years old. Yeah. And I have one that's brand new. That's my insurance. In case I need a little... In case I... You know, something really yeah, you're in wrong. a crunch. Yeah, yeah. That's how I live. And uh, it's not necessarily ideal. But... Uh, I forget what you were just talking about a minute ago. Um, I lost my train of thought. Happens. No, I, there was something that you said that really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. Well, well, there's a world, there's a way. And where I was talking about how I appreciate how you're not tied to material, materialistic okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, And before things. that, you were going on about um, people, you know, feel like they have to do the job mm-hmm. 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week. I... For whatever reason, you could call it laziness, but I I could put up a good case against it. I hate 
40 hours a week for somebody else. Mm-hmm. I hate it. And just another thing, going back to what I was preaching on earlier, is most people are incapable of bringing the thunder that they bring to their job on Monday morning for eight hours straight because they know they have to. Most people cannot do that for themselves in, on a weekend. Right. They can't. Now, I kind of sympathize with like, okay, you get two days off out of seven. I kind of sympathize with like, yeah, I know what it's like to like, I could get a Saturday eight hours of work, but when Sunday came around, I'm like, this is my one day to not do anything. It's hard to be a weekend warrior, and I don't think it's very effective. I really don't. A hundred percent. But that's the that's the whole reason I've carved out a chunk of the week that's just for me and my personal endeavors is because, man, when you wake up in the morning and you got like, I don't believe in eight hour work days. I mean, I do work more than eight hours for all my own stuff at home, but I think like you have like six hours of like being brilliant and sharp. Oh yeah. And then it oh, really falls off. At my last job, I was talking to uh, the guy that ran the whole store. And we were just like shooting the shit one day. And I go, out of an eight-hour workday, how much of that time do you think your staff actually works? And he goes... Two hours? Yeah, he goes like three or four hours maybe. Okay. And well, that's because we were dealing with the general public. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, But yeah, it's just like... I think with uh, with the pandemic and everything, a lot of companies are starting to realize, like, look, we don't need to, like, rent an office space to have people be here all the time. Like, they're working from home, and they're actually working at a better pace because you don't need to be somewhere that long to still get the job done effectively, you know? It should be more about doing the job at a high level and getting it done right than it should be about the amount of time you're there. Yeah, I go back and forth on that. It depends on the job, too. You know? Yeah, because if I hired people, let's say I hired someone to be an assistant and we're in a studio together or something, working on some sort of shoot. I say, hey, be here from you know um, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Even if there's nothing to do at 1 o'clock, but I'm still working on stuff, I, I can kind of understand wanting them to be there till 3 because I'm like, I might need you for something. Yeah. Um, not all work is based on productivity. A lot of work is like the company is open right now. Yeah. And for eight hours, we want every all hands on deck so that we can process any sort of you know, yeah, job gonna, we have to. There's going to be some downtime and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm on the fence a little bit back and forth about that. But I cannot speak strongly enough about how much I resent the eight-hour, 40-week, 40-hour-a-week work week. I just... Oh, dude, when I... It kills me, and for, it sounds lazy. For No, for a short amount of time, I was working four days a week, and it was perfect. Having that third day changed my weekly routine. Because it was like, I, the two days were still like the two days off. Then I had this whole extra day now. And that's why I started doing stand-up, because I like had to fill my time with something. And I was like, well, what do I want to do? You know, I found that spot out in Cuyahoga Falls, so I started going. But I think if people worked four days and had three days off, it would balance things out way more. Because the two days you have off, you just run, you know, you're catching up on personal stuff, and like it, it gets clouded very Did I quickly. Get dragged to the in-laws. Oh yeah, and then family things come up, friends thing come, you know. Yeah. You get pulled so many different directions, and everyone has these same two days off, and it's just like 
Yes. You everyone know? has the same two days off, too. Yeah, I... Uh, it's a weird system. I had a conversation with somebody recently that we both know very well. Mm-hmm. And him and I were talking about... Def- I was trying to explain him my concept of defending your free time. Yeah. Because people will basically make plans for you. Oh, yeah. And you have to fight them off. <laughs> and it sounds mean, but, you know, when you work for yourself and you're trying to get your own stuff going, you have to work more than eight hours a day. And you're the only one that's going to do that. Yeah. There's no one else that's going to be around. I'm like, nope, you got to stick around and finish that up. Yeah. You know, it's all on you. Yeah. And I, I feel like even if you're not trying to start a business, even if you just have a hobby you really love. Yeah, whatever it is. Defend your free time. Yeah. Because what are they going to do? You're going to go to the bar and get a piece of chicken and sit there and bullshit? Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm just antisocial, but I... Well, it's a balance to it all, man. It's not like... We're saying don't see your friends and stuff, but like if there's something that should be you can... a special event. Exactly, <laughs> it's like if, if there's something you've been really wanting to get done, and you have you know Thursday to knock it out, and then your buddy hits you up like, well, we made these plans, and we're about to go do this, that, and the other. It's like, I would love to, man, but you know I really need to get this done. Like you have to be the one to put your foot down, just be like, you know, appreciate the offer, but this other stuff's just really important. I gotta get this done. Yeah, and, you know, and we often feel like we have to explain, excuse me, explain exactly what it is that we're doing that we're not hanging out and drinking beer mm-hmm. or whatever the thing is, but we don't. We just have to go. Eh, you know, I need I need some uh, time. You know, possibly this date we'll do something. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that is the way to get things done. When you're working forty hours a week, you have to defend your free time. Because it is worth so much more than the money you're making. Definitely. Do you really want to go back to work on Monday? I never understood this. You work all week, and then when you get back to work on Monday after the weekend, you haven't done anything that's going to help get you out of the situation Mm -hmm. you hate five days a week. Yeah, man. It's a weird uh, rut to be in. I've been in that one myself, you know? We should all be building our little escape ladders in our free time. Right. But maybe that's just me. I'm just neurotic and I can't stand the idea um, of making somebody else rich. Well, I mean, I think you're right. Like, it, there's a balance to it, you know. I think for some people, their jobs, uh, they deplete them so much that by the time the weekend comes, they just are like... Like, their job almost, like, forces them to, like, a fuck it mode. Yeah. Once they're off, they, they can't even, like, think of But there's a lot of energy there. Right. And in that feeling of, fuck it, I'm going to the bar, there's mm-hmm. a lot of energy in that. And you can... Redirect po- You can point that at anything you want. Yeah. That's all... That's the whole point of being able to wake up fresh and do what you want, is you have the energy. It all comes down to that. Because nobody's doing shit after working eight hours. That's what I noticed, uh, not having a job. It's like every day I wake up, it's like this new yeah, canvas. It's, exactly. And I didn't feel like that when I worked, you know. No. Every day I was like, all right, well, I got to, you know, take You're care of the dog. I got to do next time you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. how much time you have between them. Yeah. yeah. No, I couldn't agree more, man. And it's it's a weird rut to be in, and it's hard to get yourself out of it. But you're right. I mean, that energy that you do have, like, I can't wait to go to the bar. I can't wait to, you know, go do play this sport, do whatever, like. If you could redirect that into like a plan of action, making the that list of what you want to accomplish for the weekend and, you know, 
whether that's like you wake up in the morning and like morning and afternoon you knock out your list and then at night you go have fun like you can find that balance you know it's just like i don't know it's been uh it's been a weird experience waking up and like not having to worry about income and like just having this like free canvas to kind of like fill my days with yeah you know i feel like guilt into weird shit well i feel like guilty on one end because i just know that like so many people don't have that option but i also feel like obligated to make something at the time yes and i even remembered like the first couple you know podcasts when i started it back up it was like well this is what i do man like when i'm when i don't have anything to do i try out podcasts i love podcasts i love listening to them i love making them and it's like why not why not like hit up your buddy that's good at graphic design and have him make an icon for you and like why not start a squarespace website i mean they make it pretty pretty easy for you (laughs) i made one two days ago yeah like it's just like all the tools are there and i'm sitting here like well like a month into it i go well what if they call me back to work and i go back and i'm like working there how am i gonna feel about the time i had off yeah when i thought it was just gonna be like a month or two yeah you should be operating on an awareness that it, you know, it could end at any time and at any time and like like going back to work why do i when i left work initially and when i go back to work what what has happened so now when i go back to work well i got a website for the podcast and i made an instagram and we got some new content and we're doing more clips and like there's there's things that are being done and accomplished mm-hmm. and I can look back on it and go nice. Like I don't feel like I wasted that opportunity. You know, I, I made something at the time. I learned some new skills, you know, like really gave myself to something instead of doing things I felt like I had to do. And I just know I'm like really, uh, I'm just like super appreciative for that opportunity because you know, whether I have to go get another job or whatever, like I, I'm keeping this going, you know, and I just, I want to stay on that path regardless. Yeah. Once you got the channel set up and um, you have it, like you, like we were saying, one button set up and you have your media in place for the outlets, like just be consistent. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the one That's the thing. hardest part. That's what everybody fucks up. Yeah. Whether they're trying to write a book mm. or they want to you know, be a sculptor. They just, they do two things. They judge their entire worth on those things. (laughs) And they don't just grind. Well, look, you're gonna suck. Yeah. The first time you do anything, you're gonna suck. Yeah, if you think you're gonna (laughs) go play the piano, go buy a piano and just, like, start ripping it up. Yeah, man. Even earlier, you think... That's that's psychotic thinking. Oh, for sure. And to be disappointed that you're not is, like, you're you're out of your mind. It's delusional. You think the first song Drake wrote was a banger? The first hundred songs he probably wrote were trash, but he kept writing songs, kept making content, kept pushing and pushing, and now he's to the point he's writing for other people. Yeah. Like, he ain't even writing for himself. Like, that's a beautiful place to get to, but it does you don't get there until you start, until you start executing action instead of just thought. Yeah, people like to look at successful people and say, oh... He was at the right place at the right time. Yeah, must be nice. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like it, it was. It never works like that. Oh no, because 
if you were somebody who just happened to buy a piano and played one show and you just happened to do it really well for some weird freaky reason all the chances in the universe every time your finger moved happened to hit a great note and they all work together and you happen to bang out a song that nobody's ever heard before uh-huh. if, if, if like you won the lottery a million times while playing this thing for the first time in front of people and they were like oh my god send him to Carnegie Hall and he gets to Carnegie Hall and they see the posters for it. he's playing tomorrow night and people walk by the poster and say he's playing uh, he's playing there you know right time right place this guy's so lucky he's so successful and then what would happen the curtain would open yeah. and he'd go uh, uh, like it would mm-hmm. be all wrong notes. It'd it would, fall apart. Yeah, it wouldn't sound good at all. Yeah, that's the thinking behind right time, right place, or must be nice or lucky. Mm-hmm. That he would eventually be exposed. Yeah, sooner than later. Especially something like that when you're like in front of a live audience and like Anything. there's a, there's no getting around that shit. If you if you picked up a paintbrush for the first time and painted the Mona Lisa on accident, <laughs> and then the people said. We want to commission 12. We're, we're going to put a gallery up in Europe. And then you went, okay. And then you sent them 12 paintings that looked like they were children's paintings. Stick, stick figures. They're stick figures. <laughs> They've been like, oh, well, it must have been right time, right place. <laughs> you know? No, man. I love, do you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is? No. Probably seen him online maybe. But uh, he like made a wine business for his family at 34, did not take a cent, left it to his parents, and then made this media company. And he's an early investor in like Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff. And, you know, he is in his, like, 40s or 50s now. And the company's doing well and stuff. They make, like, Budweiser, like, Super Bowl commercials and stuff like that. But he was like, you know how many people come up to me and go, must be nice? He goes, dude, I built a business from 18 to 34 and left. Like... I did not just get here, dude. I have been working my ass off for fucking decades before you even knew who I was. I was, you, he was like, if uh, if you saw me twenty years ago, you thought I was a fucking loser. Yeah. Working at my dad's liquor store, you know, in his twenty through his twenties into his thirties, like he, you, he's like, you would have thought I was a fucking loser, and just because you see him on Instagram with this company now, you think I'm cool. But listen, he'll he'll be like, listen, Dick, you're not willing to do the work. So I don't want to hear it, you know, but it's so true. It's like people don't see those 20, 30, 40 years of, of no admiration and no, like anyone praising you. And then finally, when you get to a place that people do praise, it should be, wow, like look what he accomplished. Look what he worked his way through and the steps he took to get there. But instead of just being like, oh, well, you know, he's lucky. He's a white guy, like yeah. he's or whatever it is. Like it's like no, like people have to work and figure things out and fail and fail and fail, and then at some point, other people look at them and say that they succeeded. But I think those people that have that mindset, they just continue to to go. They don't feel like they got to this place. They just keep going, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's other people who see as a rival, and it's other people, and. The majority of people on the planet are so used to instant gratification that the very concept of spending decades building something is so archaic. With no reward. Yeah, so archaic to like put in years of time, yeah. a little bit at a time. Because we all want everything now, and everybody wants to be famous, and everybody just wants to like be like Post Malone and explode <laughs> overnight with a song. And everybody wants that, and just be like, I'm balling and throwing money in the strip club. <laughs> 
it's very romantic to have that experience. Mm-hmm. And well, I, it's delusional too, yeah, because that's not the way it really is. I mean, if you talk to a Post Malone, that dude was playing music forever. Well, he's playing music forever, and like, and he was already a good singer. He was on Rogan, and he's like, "Yeah, I moved to Utah." He's like, "I couldn't be in LA anymore. I fucking yeah. hated it." It's like, yeah, I think when people get to that, like, a Post Malone gets to that place, and you're on, you're in LA, and you're the guy, and he's like. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm not doing this. Yeah, like, because <laughs> probably I obviously will never meet the guy, but he's probably at heart just a kind of a regular dude who happens to be good at being creative. Right. Which we all are. We're yeah. all just people. Yeah. And we forget that. You know, whether it's you or Trump or Post Malone, like, we're all just people at the end of the day, man. We have, you know, we have our good tendencies and some negative ones and like we're all imperfect like we're it's where we put people on these pedestals and we expect perfection knowing that it's not mm-hmm. and that's really what entertainment is when you look at like those tabloid magazines and stuff they build people up they bring them back down and america or america loves nothing more than a good comeback story because if you go they put you down and then you get back up we're like yeah Although when I you see know. someone get put down and then a year later they they come back up quote unquote with an album or something I'm like oh they were never down they're running their own story like, well that's what's happening now man I mean when you look at like uh, that's the Kardashian model man you know like the Kardashians always have something play out in the media and then the next season of their show is like all about the scandal that happened while the show wasn't on and that's how they've gone like 20- I don't know anything about this. I, I mean, I don't watch the show, but I, the reason they've been on for 20, 25 years is because that's their formula. They've been on for 20 years? Isn't that fucking crazy? What? I thought they were like 20. Uh, I mean, the youngest ones are. I had no idea. Yeah, dude, it's like in the 20s for sure. 19. It started in t- 2007. 19 seasons. Holy crap. So it's like... That was their whole model. Like, you see Kanye do that now. Like, every time he has music come out, he just says some outrageous shit, like, slavery wasn't real or whatever, and, like, you know, slavery was a choice or whatever, then album comes out. And it's just, like, that is kind of the, unfortunately, the formula now if you want to get attention. It's like, do something crazy, say something crazy, here's my product, go buy it, and then you don't hear from him. Yeah, everybody's, like, a master of clout, like Trump or something, or, like, Mm -hmm. like uh, Takashi 6ix9ine. Like, just... Make a bunch of noise in the ether and then be like, oh, by the way, this is for sale. So you- yeah, and then try to connect. <laughs> well, it's connecting their celebrity to a product. Because yeah. what had happened for a long time is these celebrities kept getting famous. And then they would just be really famous but broke. And not broke like outside homeless broke, but like just normal folk, normal people money, you know. But they would have all this popularity, but they wouldn't have the money. And so celebrities started tying their celebrity into products. And that kind of came with that's, the social media that's, age. That's and like everything. how you're like, you're famous. You're rich from being famous. And then you are kind of like not independent. Because you're like, excuse me, coffee. Sorry, coffee. Bro. It's all good. <laughs> but then you're like, oh, I, uh, I'm picking up my uh, bottle of blah, blah, blah at this nightclub. I'll be there at 11, mm-hmm. you know? Like you get they people like the real world people got paid to do shit. Oh like yeah. That. Oh dude, Wheezy one time in an interview was like, if you see me at a club, I'm paid to be there. He's like, I don't go to the club. Yeah. I'm only in the club because they pay me to be there. Yeah. He's like, I'm in the studio. It's bro. a quick thirty grand. To say hi. 
I mean, if someone's going to pay you tens of thousands of dollars to show up, get fucked up, and leave, like, like here's your drinks, and you can smoke in here, and, like, all that stuff. Do whatever you want. You're in yeah. the VIP, right? Here's your strippers and the whole shebang, like. <laughs> it's just so people text other people. Wheezy at the club. Wheezy at the club. I'm, I'm at the club with Wheezy. I'm, yeah. on, I'm on my Snapchat. And, yeah. like, he's, like, 40 feet away. And you're yeah. just... He's just walking through. You're like, I'm at the club with Wheezy. Everyone wants this like weird moment and this like weird uh, like affirmation from other people. Like, oh man, I can't believe you were in the club with Wheezy. You weren't in the club with Wheezy. Wheezy was paid to be there. <laughs> and you paid to get in. So you probably actually probably contributed to his bag. And uh, that's the way the circle goes, man. It's so weird that you could call on people to show up at a place and then other people will pay to be in the same place as those other people. People are stupid, man. I always tell I always tell folks like if someone broke down going to the bar, you would never go. You ever see on YouTube cracked, mm-hmm. and they just kind of like, you know, they'll be like cracked the bars, cracked football. They just break down like at the simplest form of what it is, and they're like, oh, let me tell you about this experience you can have where you can go to a place and be squished in with a ton of strangers and you're all yelling over each other and then you're waiting to go get drinks that are double to quadruple the amount if you just went and bought the bottle yourself yeah. <laughs> and then you're waiting in line to go to the bathroom and it's just like they're really interesting videos because it's just it, it gets like especially for college kids it's like it's gonna be the best four years of your life you're gonna have the best time you get to go party and go to all these bars and it's like no, you actually just end up spending money you don't have. Be around a bunch of people you, you don't want to be around and you can't even hear because you're talking so loud. Like, it's such a loud environment that you can't even have a conversation with someone. But it's weird how we get sold on these ideas of what, like, what we're supposed to do and what, like, will make us happy. Like, just like you said, man, I have learned the most and had the most fun after school. After high yeah. school, after college, like, I've learned the most about myself after school. I've um, had way more f- like fun experiences and like. I feel like my brain didn't turn on until I was twenty five. I'm with you on that, dude. Like I don't even want to be held responsible for anything I did before <laughs> twenty five. Because his ass in the club included. <laughs> yeah, everything. I just, everything. I just felt like I was like this this monkey on drugs running around. <laughs> when I say drugs, you know, I mean drinking beer and cases of Keystone. Well, it's that weird, like, like that weird, uh, the weird, like, expectation of what you're supposed to do in college. I don't know how That's not how any functional human being should live. I don't know how a 19-year-old goes, I'm going to be a doctor, goes to med school and does it. Because when I was 19, I was like, I don't think they do, man. I think the people that really get through med school and lawyers and that whole shebang i don't think they're i think they have their moments and they go party but i don't think every weekend they're out doing that type of shit i don't think it's possible i don't think it's possible to damage your brain like that how shitty you feel after like a night of alcohol and then if there's, you're gonna go people like people are out there there's people doing there's both. some people for sure but i think of like the mass but majority. not even not even med school i don't know how people at 19 years old figure out exactly what they want to do and then go do it like if you found it that early you are so lucky you are so lucky, especially sure. if you found something that's going to be lucrative that you're good at. No, for sure. No, I have a whole theory on that, man. I trust me. I well, want we my, got time. I I <laughs> want my doctor. I want my lawyer to go to college. 
do not, I'm not saying nobody should go to college, but I think the vast majority of people don't need to go. I didn't need There's, to go. I didn't need to go. I went and, you know, I'm appreciative for the experience. You know, I made some of the best friends I'll have for the rest of my life. You know, I'm not, I'm not putting down the experience, but when I, when you talk about the purpose of going to college, we were always told so you can get a good job. That is not the case. Like you don't need people working in Best Buy to have bachelor degrees. You don't need people working in fast food and all these different sectors of the economy with these degrees that they can apply to anything. And these teachers and these parents and these administrations know that we're lost at 17, 18, 19. We don't know what to do. We're still looking for that guidance and we're looking to our elders to guide us that way and to guide children into a situation where they're tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, knowing that they're going to get out of college and not be able to pay back these loans. And then they're stuck in this interest loop for the rest of their lives. That is not how we build a middle class. That's not how we build a stable economy. It seems like such an ass backwards way of trying to get people in a better situation. If they were really looking to build the economy, we would push trades more. You know, trades are way more, um, trades are way, uh, I would say, more like doable for a mass population than it is to have everyone pay such high rates for tuition and living and all that food cards and the whole shebang for them to get out, be massively in debt and not be able to pay it back. And then you just fuck them for their adult life off a decision that they weren't really in a position to make in the first place. Well, I think um, it's not necessarily one entity making this thing happen, making this whole wheel. Oh, it's around. a whole system. It's, it's 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 more than one party playing off of itself. So parents just want their kids to do the best that they can. And they think, well, if I spend money and send them to this higher schooling, for sure, right? He'll have a chance, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's like, you know, that's the hope. And then schools are like, we got to make as much money as we can. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and they uh, they lobby within you know the legislators of their state to do whatever they can to make as much money as they can, and those two things going back and forth, it's it's trust with a minor. Kids don't have any say necessarily, unless you know unless you want to go to the army or if your parents can't afford it. But it's like the fear that parents have of their kids not having the best opportunities feeds into the college um, sort of money-making machine. Oh, of course, man. I mean, you look at like how much books cost and stuff like that. You're like, there's no way books cost like 1200 bucks. a Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. um, I'm, I consider myself very lucky that I got a uh, media production degree and that is essentially what I'm doing with my life, but it's just dumb luck. Yeah. It could have been anything, and I almost switched majors. And coming out of college, I didn't do anything with that degree for about five years. Um, it's literally dumb luck that I'm doing because nothing that I learned in college I'm using now. Mm-hmm. It's all self-taught shit. Because, like, in the middle of college, like, what, 2000, for me, 2012, 2013, those techniques on how certain things were made that I'm working on now are so, are kind of archaic already, you know? Yeah. So I uh, am basically learning, you know, what's what the industry standards are now. 
because yeah, the industry standards changing. in 2012 are actually a little bit different. No, it's a good point, especially in this day and age. I mean, everything's just changing so quickly yeah. that when you go to college or something, you're like you might get an updated version, but a lot of times it's like you learn what happened and then you got to also play catch up to what's happening now. Yeah, you have to be a good student and a good educator, though, to get the same sort of benefit from college if you're going to teach yourself. Mm-hmm. you got to be harsh and critical, and you have to constantly compare yourselves to those who are better than you. Yeah. Or else, then you're never getting graded. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to, like, grade yourself. Grade yourself, yeah. Basically. I don't mean literally in your head give yourself letters, but... You have to know where you're where you're at. Yeah, I find it's best to comp- anything you're doing or any endeavor you're setting yourself out on. Just compare yourselves, compare yourself to whoever you think is the absolute best at that. So if you fall a little short, you can still kind of hang in the zeitgeist. Yeah. You're still like I'm relevant. I did this well. Yeah. You know, um, in college it's nice to have a professor who can explain why certain techniques are valuable, and it, it might save you three months of trial and error before you eventually arrive at a logical conclusion on your own. The best students I saw in media production in, in college were kids who were already killing it, who yeah. were already making big moves, who already knew they were going to L.A. straight after college. And it was basically just a place for them to build a connection or two. Mm-hmm. Um, Something to put on the resume. Not even that. Just like yeah. uh, I know two dudes who ended up moving into a house together in L.A. and ended up in really killing it now. Because they were both video nuts, and they mm-hmm. were paying their own tuition doing video freelance work while they were in school. So they were already on that path. College was just a really... That's the dog school. It's probably the mailman or oh, something. Geez. But they were already on that path, you know? Mm-hmm. For someone like me, I feel like I was like a pinball just bouncing around. I could have landed anywhere. And it was probably better for me to do that in college than in the real world. Because I might have just settled and thought, nah, this is life. But that, that's, a good that's point. the one good thing about college is it teaches you that, listen, you can go dig ditches for a living, which I've done. I spent a couple years working real hard after college mm-hmm. for something that was definitely not college. <laughs> there are prerequisites for classes to get in there. Right. <laughs> I mean, bad stuff. And you can do that, but college gives you this awareness while you're in it. Like, there is a higher form of creating income for yourself there is a possibility there's this whole sort of belief that you can use your brain to make a living yeah that's what college kind of left the imprint on me because i had friends who didn't go and i had friends who did and the friends who didn't go had this sort of jaded look at the world and the friends who did go to college also had a jaded look at the world which was a little too like oh we're in college everything's gonna be fine man we're going to be driving Teslas to each other's houses in two years. You know, there's a little bit of that, like privilege, privilege. It made me feel like privileged. And I knew I was in it while Mm -hmm. I was in it, which was good. But I definitely had a like reality shock that I needed after college because there's just no right answer. If you stay home and you do the blue collar thing and you just have a high school education, I think it's possible to do what I'm doing now without a college degree because it's a portfolio-based yeah. works, uh, you know, sort of field. But, man, it doesn't hurt to have that degree. For sure. It doesn't hurt. Um, 
But you have to brush off either effect, being jaded from not going to college or being superficial and thinking the world owes you something. Right. There's, there's, well, there's a lot of that, too. There's a lot of, well, I have a degree. Like, I should be earning more. I should be in a higher position. It's like, you know, just because you mastered that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be in a certain level. In it's a the company. new high school diploma. It really is. People need to get that through their heads. For sure. It doesn't separate you from the pack like no. it used to. A master's is like an associate degree in college was 10 years <laughs> honestly because sure, I, I work with people who have a, a master's degrees I make more money than them in my office just because I have a specific trade right yeah no that's really big man I mean I remember you know looking on LinkedIn for jobs and stuff like that and they're like you know this is the entry-level position but we want you to have like a master's degree and a certain amount of years of experience and you're just like what are you asking for dude yeah it's all about years experience like and that's what it comes down to pretty much any job. Like, you just have to have experience in it, and it's hard to get that experience, yeah. you know. But once you get it, then you're you're in good shape, you know. That's why I'm staying where I'm at until they fire me or kick me out. Yeah, you know, it's – and, like – I need that. I'm definitely appreciative for the college experience, and I think having those years to really – even though I felt like I didn't really have a lot of things figured out at the end of college, I still had that time to – sort through and figure some things out you know and it is interesting to like talk to friends that like didn't go to school and their perception of the world versus people that did they're just trying to find a place to like park right unless you know someone who didn't go to college who's a real go-getter they're not necessarily um trying to build something they're just trying to find a good place to park with some decent benefits yeah you know and i don't necessarily want that same. Yeah, I'd rather bet on myself and live on the wire. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. It's way more interesting. Because you're going to die. It's more fulfilling. Yeah. You know? It's like, uh, I, I I live by this notion of, like, watching my own movie when I die. Like, you I should. really think when you die, you see your life kind of play back. And uh, that doesn't mean, like, terrible things don't happen. Everyone has terrible things that happen to them. People have ups and downs throughout their life but it's just like what do you want to look back on what are you going to be proud of you know are you going to watch that movie at the end of your life and have regret and have like this disdain for like not doing what you really wanted to do or are you going to look back and be proud of you know of listening to the journey of like the the it sounds kind of hippie but the universe tells you kind of what your next move is if you listen it's very much like the body like the body tells you what it needs if you listen but so many don't listen and then they end up in a shitty situation you yeah, know yeah they you gotta listen what they do when they get up in the morning and i just want to say for anybody who doesn't believe because i it's it's hilarious i totally disagree with you on when we die we watch a movie mm-hmm. but i agree with you on what you think that means yeah i think that you don't have to necessarily have this spiritual movie watching experience after you're dead to be like, oh man, I should really work hard now so I don't have to feel like shit when that happens. <laughs> you're gonna be fifty someday if you don't get hit by a car, mm-hmm. and maybe when you're fifty you get sick or you have a near death experience. You're gonna watch that movie then. For sure, That's you're gonna a good watch point. that movie. It, not everybody's lucky and dies of a heart attack in their sleep. Right. Most of us suffer in hospital beds alone. 
right. before you go. That's when you're watching that movie. And it's worse than just watching the movie because it's built, the frames of the movie are constructed on your fears and your guilt. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're going to have to like really deal with some painful stuff, I think. And so whether you believe in an afterlife and movie watch experience or not, either way, the movie's coming. Yeah. Because you will age. You will have things that make you think about your own mortality. And, and what are you going to look back on? Yeah. And I, I, I say this all the time in a very neurotic kind of hyper way to myself and to anybody else I'm ever talking to about this subject is like, you're going to die. We're going to die. This is fleeting. And when you, when you go back and you think about when you're having the movie watching experience, it's probably within the context of seeing yourself as like a, a bug amongst a hive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably very um, like thinking about everything in like a, a, a microcosm inside of the macro world of all the other people on the planet. And you probably feel less attached to who you were as an individual, but more attached to what you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what that, that I just think that's interesting. I, I have, I, you know, I'm a total like, I don't know what people call it, atheist, agnostic, Lutheran, whatever. I'm a total straight-in-the-ground blackout guy. <laughs> but I still 100% believe in that movie-watching experience. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's pretty much scientifically proven that when you die, dimethyltryptamine is released in your brain, which happens when you are born and happens when you dream. Um, but essentially, you get an ex- explosion of that in your brain before your body finally yeah. just stops. And even and, if that's uh, not true, like yeah, I said, if, if you get a true. cancer diagnosis, that movie starts going to start playing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You start looking back on things and, you know, it's just, again, like the the value of time. Time is the most valuable thing. Yes. And that is the, that is my new mantra in 2020. It's like, I told that to my boss. I said, I'm not coming in there anymore full time. Mm-hmm. If, if this is it and I'm quitting, then this is it. And she said, no. Let's do part-time. And uh, she said, you know, like we were basically discussing terms and I just kept saying time is the most important thing to me right now and I want more time for myself. And like I said earlier, we should all be defending our free time. Yeah. Because it's it. It's all you got. Money isn't shit. Money is just Chuck E. Cheese tokens to keep the thing going. For sure. And I think this year, more than ever, even for myself, I've realized that. Because I felt like years prior, I spent a lot of free time on fun. You know, music festivals and concerts and trips to different places. It was great because I got to see, you know, our, our awesome country and go on the West Coast and just do a bunch of cool things. But this year, now that we're not traveling and we're not doing all these extracurriculars, it gave me a minute to sit back and just be like, all right, so like now that I do have all this time and I don't have the distractions of fun, what's left? And what do I want to do? What is what is my 39-year-old self going into 40 going to think? Yeah. You know? Because it's coming. It's coming. And, uh, you know, if you talk to older people, you know, when I was in high school, um, I went to a Catholic school. So we did, um, went to the nursing home for a semester, like twice a week. And when you talk to older folks, the regret is the number one killer. You know, how many people are in a nursing home just filled with regret? You know, if you talk to older folks and ask, you know, what would you change or or what do you think of your life now? So many of them say, I wish I would have, you know, started this business. I wish I would have took on this creative venture or 
or whatever it is. And it doesn't even have to be something that makes you a ton of money. It's just like whatever you want to be. I love the story of your grandma that she would work and then go in the basement and just paint. And she just had beautiful Still paintings. Still to this day. Still to this, you know, it's, it's like finding For that no outlet. Reason. Yeah, just finding that outlet, finding that expression to like satisfy your like creative senses, you know? Yeah, she does it because she has to. And she doesn't think anything further than that. Yeah. Yeah. But they're beautiful. I mean, she's super talented. Thank you. Well, I shouldn't say thank you, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she would be excited to hear <laughs> Yeah. But that's beautiful too, you know. It's like like we were saying, it's like it's not like she has to find this thing that she makes trillions of dollars off of or anything. It's like she has her life and she has like her job and then she has her creative outlets and family and support system and like that that's what we're all trying to get to. It's just like this equal balance of you know I wouldn't say equal balance of us just like being happy with the way we spend our time. Yes. And validated. I can't I, I happy with the way you spend your time. Like I just don't you get good sleep? Oh yeah. When you like had a good day of getting like figuring things out, getting stuff done. Like I can sleep well that night. Yeah, yesterday you know? was a good day. I fell asleep on the couch, editing a website. Yeah, man. I mean, that's uh the fulfillment aspect is really where it's at. I remember at my last job, you know, the managers would be like, how, how are you going to walk out of here today? Are you feel like you accomplished something? That's like, yes, but like to a certain extent, it's like you're just accomplishing, you know, stuff to, for like this corporation, all these other people, yeah. gonna, like this whole other aspect to it where when you do it for yourself, that's where you really feel like. Well, there's return. Yeah, there's actual return. Yeah, you get something for your investment of time and yeah. energy. What you do with a job, you're gonna get a steady rate or whatever. But no, you know, outside you of money, job, you get you, you become the guy that they dump dump the tasks on. on. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh that's, yeah, and that's a dead end road. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, you want to get that promotion? Like you gotta, you gotta keep doing it. Gotta keep doing it. And like they will just run that fucking train yeah. until you burn out. Promotions are based on personality and dependability, or relationships rather than work ethic. Yeah, it's all about relationships, man. Yeah. It really just all comes down to that. More times than not, people hire people they just want to work with. Yeah. And I've never worked at a company where I thought, oh, this would be a good one to stay and move up in. Never yeah, once. Yeah, I felt that too. Never once. The jobs I've had and stuff, I've never felt like... And I think also that kind of says something about the way our economy is. You know, our grandparents worked at one place for 40 years. But, like, there's not too many people in our generation that are going to be able to say that. No. You know? No. And um, I hate this high, this concept of, well, well, you need a 401k and you need a retirement and everybody talks about that shit. I'm like, how about let's do something that doesn't destroy your body? Yeah. Right? I'm done doing ditch digging, brick man <laughs> bullshit. All right. I, I knew, I found out real quick. It took me two years to dig myself out, no pun intended, <laughs> out of that life. And uh, how about instead of at 65 going, I got to get out of this. I hopefully have enough ducats saved up and my 401k and they're not going to pull my pension out from underneath me. Hopefully all, none of this happens. Yeah. How about we do something that you can do until the day you die because it's not physically strenuous. You're getting paid to use your brain because you're good at something and you just slow down how much work you're doing. Yeah. Because I'm always going to be the guy who loves to wake up on a sunny Saturday morning and just go in my office and just work. 
mm-hmm. on things that I love. Now, it's not like boring stuff. It's creative pictures and wild, you know, ideas and imagery or or if I need to blow off steam, it's audio. But I just love like sitting down and I love the put in eight hours and get something out that most people wouldn't sit down and do. Wouldn't dare to do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And I don't think I'm going to be tired of that at 60-some years old. I'll just tailor my tailor revenue stream mm-hmm. more towards things that I like more. Yeah. And that should already be happening over a lifetime of doing things for a living. You should be constantly tailoring and pinpointing more of what you like. By the time you're 60, you should only specialize in things that you love to do. And you should be psyched to do them. You know, this idea of retirement should be a, an old thing. Because if you have to retire from something, that means you kind of hated going there. No, for sure. It's um, it's kind of like that same thing we were talking about earlier, like looking for the end goal. Like people aren't looking at the journey. They're looking at the end goal. Yes. So the end goal is retirement. And then I can live this life of, of quote unquote freedom. But they yeah, don't even have anything. you're 65. Well, you have nothing to fulfill that time with, you, you know, and it's. <laughs> And can't I think a, surf, can't skateboard. Well, how how many people <laughs> get to that point, retire for like a year or something, then they go find another job? Yes, because they that is what they have like found fulfillment in, or like that's where like they feel like they're, I don't know that that's their only option lays in this job. Not but only like what that, you're saying, like want to do something. But like with what you're saying, like. Over time, you're accumulating different revenue streams and different outlets of creativity, and then those accumulate over time. And then once you start getting older, you start scaling back and just focusing more on what you're, you know, whatever you're excelling at or whatever you're most passionate about. I really love that concept of like as you're getting older, you're just like peaking at mastery, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like you get to this place, this end goal. And then you're like bored because all you've done is work a job. So now you don't even know what things fulfill your time. So you kind of revert back to that, yeah. working some part-time gig or something like that. So yeah. If you work for a company and the owner or the CEO is a millionaire, I know multiple people in this position. Personally mm-hmm. know them. People that own companies that just can't stop working, they're at the age where they can stop they, or they can Have pass the money it off. And all millions of dollars mm-hmm. millions of dollars but they can't stop working because they've never had enough free time to figure out who they are and what they would want to do with it yeah and isn't that a terrible place to be yeah you know yeah that's i think that's what should motivate our generation to really just keep pushing because we have a better chance than any of our parents or grandparents of really making that wave for ourselves yeah you know yeah because we uh we have this access i mean I knew that I was slipping at my old job a couple years ago. I was working for a guy who's basically, he's kind of a redneck, but he's mm-hmm. really, really, really smart. Yeah. But, you know, he's a little more of a, a blue collar guy, works his ass off and runs his own business. And he was talking about, we were fixing some broken tool or something. And he just YouTubed it on his phone real quick. And uh, I was like, you watch YouTube? Because he's like 50. He's like, he's like anybody who doesn't take advantage of the uh, the internet to learn things is a fool. Yeah. And this guy was like wearing overalls and covered oh, yeah. in dirt. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, yeah. It's, um, 
it's so amazing that we take it for granted. Oh, that, definitely. That's the man. problem. Well, There's definitely. so much information. And, well, and, and now you have people that are growing up that have never experienced life without the internet. You know? Yeah. So that's a whole nother level of like people that just think like this is the way life is. Like we are old enough right at the tip of it to kind of still kind of know what it was like to not have the internet. Yeah. I mean, we're obviously really young and stuff, but like, you know, we were kind of like at the tip end of seeing our world completely shift. And it's been great to be a part of it. You know, I'm so happy we live in this time because, you know, for so many people is either you started your own business or you went and worked for a company and you just, you don't really have to do that anymore. You know, whether you can build a social media um, presence or your art or anything. I mean, you can even go on YouTube and just show people what you're good at. Mm -hmm. This is how you do this. And then you're that guy that they go look to when they need to fix that tool or whatever. I mean, there's just so many different ways you can go with it. Um, and it's smart. I mean, it's smart for people now that are looking for their next chapter. Look for things that are going to be around for the next 10, 20 years. Because there's a lot of stuff that's not. There's a lot of stuff that's going to keep going away. Yeah. I think about that a lot. You know, dedicating too much time in the wrong direction. Yeah, I guess so. I feel good about it, though. I think for stuff that you're into, you're, you're going to be okay. There's little subtleties, like, is this going to all be video someday? <laughs> or are pictures still going to be relevant? But they will be. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's still things. But who knows? I mean, when you get into, like, virtual reality and stuff, are you really going to, like, look at pictures? Oh, the day that Adobe makes virtual reality stuff. <laughs> they probably already do. I don't even know about it. Like, uh... Like, what's, like, a social media post going to look like in virtual reality? Like, I don't know if you're going to take a picture. It'll be, like, a room you step into. Right. Like, so it's a room you step into, but then, like, like what's your post? Is your post going to be, like, a TikTok dance that you see, like, in almost like the actual person right there? It could be an environment. Could be, like, oh... You know, there's uh, 400 different moods you can pick on, blah, 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 whatever the social media is called. Mm. And that's the environment. You can put certain items in there or leave writing floating in 3D form made out of... That'd you know, be cool. You know, it looks like the Matrix or it looks or it's made out of smoke or whatever and people can mess with it. And, yeah. You know, it could be anything. And that's where things are going. And I really would love... If I had unlimited time in this lifetime, I, I want to jump on things early. Like, I would love to learn how to create, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm all about commercial imagery. That's what I do for a living. And mm -hmm. I would love to do that in a 3D space and just kind of be on the very forefront. Because maybe someday it'll be like an iPhone where everybody has a product where you can view those mm -hmm. types of, you know, uh, medium media i guess you would call it it's so new to us we thought virtual reality is going to be here taken over by now but it's not i know that's odd we really thought like virtual reality would be like this huge thing now but it's the phone has locked so many people in it's weird that we haven't really expanded past that yet because it's out there i mean you can buy oculus rifts and yeah and they're cool 
They're cool, but I don't think like the general public's invested in it. It's gonna have to be something smaller, like a Google Glass. Thing I think in a hundred years you'll be able to turn it on inside your own eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be some shit. Yeah, I think it'll just be augmented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's gonna be crazy. It's crazy where everything will kind of go, you know, between. Ah, oh, this goddamn dog. <laughs> <laughs> you need a red light outside the door so he knows to shut up. He wouldn't shut up. And there's one thing this dog's gonna do is it's not gonna be shutting up. But he's a great dog. I love having a dog. It's good because it's like it forces you to get up and go. You know, yeah. oh, that's definitely the mailman. That's not the groundhog. But uh, yeah, it's definitely like you know, I wake up, get my greens in me, get on a good walk, hit the river. It's such a good way to like start your day. Oh yeah. Start very peaceful. The cats are just like come downstairs and feed me, and then they're done with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they're different animals, man. Dogs need a lot more attention. They want to play around all the time. They just really, they're attention horse, you know. And most cats, they like attention and affection, but they don't need it all the time. You know, they're no. kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. I respect their independence. I. That's why I have them. Because there's not a lot of independence with dogs. No. I'm too independent. From animals, so I can't have a dog. <laughs> Especially when you're in that zone. Like there's times when I'm working on stuff, I just gotta shut the door. Because yeah. every cut, you know, every like 15, 30 minutes, he's gonna come in here, and so he's just gonna want to get pet and stuff. And it's all friendly, but it's like you know, when you're trying to lock in and get in the zone on something, you can't have something like that just keep Absolutely. popping up. It's gonna fuck up the whole rhythm. Where are we at, bro? We went about two hours deep. What? That was two yeah. hours? Yeah, about an hour 45. Oh, my God. Yeah. I told you, man. It flies. Wow. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. How long did you want to do this? Yeah, you should do about two hours or so. Okay. Yeah. All right. But, yeah, dude. Tell tell all three people that are going to listen to this where they can find you. Hi, Pete. <laughs> where, uh, where they can find your stuff. You said... Uh, Spotify, Apple Music. Oh, I mean, that's just stuff I do for shits and gigs. Under what name, though? Um. Oh, the Tetons is my alias. Tetons? The Tetons. Uh-huh. Like T-H-E space T-E-T-O-N-S. Okay. And it's just some weird, progressive, heavy music. There's no lyrics. Yeah. It's just experimental all over the place. I like that stuff, man. A lot of music. It's kind of metal. Oh, it's kind of well, I'm probably not fucking with it. But, <laughs> but I think the instrumental space has really taken off. Yeah. That's a lot of music I listen to now, you know? It's yeah, on Spotify, it's all you see is like chill beats to relax slash study to. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, you know, uh, if, okay. if I'm cooking or working on podcast stuff and all that, like I don't really want to get into like lyrics and stuff like that. I just like Emancipator or something like that. Just like easy going, mm-hmm. smooth, chill. You know, sets a nice vibe, sets a nice tone. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I guess this is the plug spot, huh? Yeah, let's yeah. plug, <laughs> plug it up. Um, I have nothing else to plug because it's not ready. Yeah. Yeah, in two weeks it'll probably be ready. Okay. Yeah. Well, this will come out on Monday. All right. But uh, what's your Instagram? Kemptones? Kemptones. K-E-M-P-T-O-N-E-S. Yeah, so check that out. Plenty of good, uh, awesome graphic design stuff. And... If you like graphic design or ph- photography. Yeah. Yeah. If you're just into cool shit, check it out. Yeah. 
I'm going to do something that they do on like NPR or Hodinkee. I'm going to do a recommendation. What do you mean? Like, you know, people be like a book recommendation or a, mm-hmm. or a music recommendation. Yeah, go I'm for it. I'm going to recommend Little Dirk. <laughs> I haven't checked him out, so I'll check and him out. The, the album cover's red, and it's a picture of him, and he's like sideways, and it's called Just Because Y'all Waited 2. I like that. Not the first one. The first yeah. one's blue. Get number two. <laughs> I like it. It's good. It's fun stuff. Hell yeah, dude. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having um, me. It's been an awesome podcast. Really enjoyed it. And uh, appreciate you. Going forward, we're going to get you a cheap but effective light camera for sure. setup. For sure. Yeah. The production's going to step up a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, maybe by the next uh, next couple, we'll have some new stuff in here. and uh, It'll be easy to make that transition. Oh, yeah. No, I've been thinking about it a lot. It's just uh, getting the right equipment. I And I've been thinking about talking to you about it because I just know you're well-educated in that uh, in that arena. So, awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on, brother. Much love. Random millennial thoughts in the books. That's right. I don't know what number we're on, but uh, we're going to keep doing them. So, Word. stay tuned. Love y'all. Bye.